Hey everybody, you're listening to episode five of the Ask a Freelancer podcast. Ask a Freelancer is brought to you by Cushion, a simple forecasting app for freelancers. Cushion gives you a bird's eye view of your schedule and income so you can plan months ahead and reach your financial goals for the year. Learn more about Cushion at cushionapp.com. So remember that this show is me answering your freelance questions. If you want to send in a question, send it to at Cushion App on Twitter. Now let's get to those real questions. Now these are real questions that you sent in. And somehow we also have recordings of you asking the questions. Now these are real recordings, which is actually true. They are recordings. Anyway, here they are. Is it smart or is it stupid to do a job without pay just for the experience slash exposure? All right, it's the age old question. Should you do work for exposure? Now, I think that there's a lot of talk about this and for good reason, I think when you're just getting started out, you're, it's really, really hard. I think probably the hardest part of growing a business um, or being a freelancer is breaking in, getting started. It's so hard to get that momentum going. And I think uh, this is why we, we question whether we should do work for free or work for really cheap just to get moving. And, you know, the people on the other side, the people that are established, are the people that are going to be telling everybody, Hey, do not do work for free. Don't do work for cheap. Don't do work just to get exposure. And I think that that advice comes from two places. I think the selfless place is let's keep the industry standards high. Let's make sure that everybody's paid fairly. And I think that's right. It's good. There's another aspect of it, which is kind of selfish, that says, I don't want to be undercut as an established freelancer. I don't want someone coming in under me, taking the work off of me and doing it for free because it, it hurts everybody and it hurts me. And so, you know, I think there's good argument, honestly. Now, I have a maybe a different take on the whole thing. And here's what I'm going to say. You should do work for exposure. <gasps> Oh my goodness, what am I talking about? I'll tell you what I'm talking about. Now, here's the key. Do work for exposure, but don't do it for anybody but yourself. And I actually mean that literally. I don't mean just do it for your own good. What I mean is don't do work for a client, for anybody else, for exposure. Now, I think you should refer to Jessica Hish's flowchart on should I do this work for free? And I think her answer is essentially, unless it's for your mom, the answer should be no. Uh, <laughs> but but I, think that's a, I think that's a good thing to reference. But here's my point. My point is that in order to gain traction, I actually think that you need to trade in the most valuable commodity in the world. And it's not money. Stephen Powers, he's a uh, street artist uh, known for his 
lettering and graffiti, and he's absolutely fantastic. He's a legend. He has this amazing quote, and he says that money is cheap, time is expensive. So we've got to this place where the the scarcest resource is no longer money. It's attention. And you're not going to get people's attention for free. It's going to come at a cost. And you can't just pay to play either. You can't just run an ad. Like, let's compare McDonald's to Old Spice. We've probably talked about it before, but I'm going to go back there. McDonald's will pay to get an ad on TV, but the problem is no one's watching ads on TV. We skip them. We fast forward them. You're not going to get our attention just by paying for it. You're not going to get our attention uh, without creating something that we want to trade our valuable commodity of attention for. And so Old Spice is a great example of here is a free bit of comedy to trade just a little mental space for you to remember our brand, Old Spice. And so here's my suggestion. My suggestion is create your own project for exposure. Do work for exposure, but only do it for yourself. So if you're an illustrator, create a project that gives away great value on Instagram. If you're a web developer, develop an awesome website that's so cool that people want to come see it. And that's the exposure that you get. You do actually need to do work for exposure. You need to put in the time and energy and give away value for people's attention because that attention is so valuable and it's the only way you're going to get it. Just don't, don't, don't do free work for someone else because really you're getting them exposure. You're getting them attention and you're cutting down, you're, you're giving a cut of that attention to a middleman when you really just need to go to the source. What's the way with the least friction to handle payment and contracts with less than professional clients? Okay, so what do you do with a client that's not super professional in terms of contract and all that good stuff? Have you ever been to a situation, have you ever been in a party where you were either really underdressed or you were really overdressed? And let's say you go to a party and everybody looks a little bit fancy and you're really underdressed. What you're going to do is you're going to get with the program to the best of your ability. You're going to go into the bathroom, tuck your shirt in, you know, fix your hair to the best of your ability. If you got a friend there, you might even ask for a tie. He might be like, hey, if you, you know, if it's your friend's house, hey, can you get me something more? Hey, can I borrow someone's jacket? Like, can I do anything to get with the program? And here's how I approach this. If someone sends me an email and I want to do the project, but they're acting uh, really outside of the norms, they're giving me the red flags that they're, they might be a little bit trouble in terms of being a pro and handling this project uh, accordingly. I will try to overdress for the occasion, not in a mean way, not in an aggressive way, but I will just throw out things like they're the most obvious 
thing in the world. You know, terms like usage rights and contracts. And I'll send a contract and say, oh, this is my standard contract, da 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 da. And, and just create things like it's the most obvious thing in the world and that they should already kind of know that this is the way that it goes. And so I think when you approach it like that, when you, when someone comes at you really under uh, professional, if they really come underdressed to the event and you stick confidently with your attire, it's going to cause them to question themselves and try to rise to the occasion. Now, if they don't, if they really, really can't get the, with the program, I suggest not doing business with them at all. If at all possible, don't do work with people that aren't going to meet the standards. Now, another good trick is if I feel like someone's being a little bit weird, a little bit outside the norm, I'll have them, I'll create a contract that says they pay half up front. That also sets a tone and it makes sure that you don't get too burned. Um, the other side of it is, you know, in terms of letting them borrow a tie, letting them borrow a jacket, letting them come to this party a little bit more professionally. Like a lot of times if you're out there freelancing as a web developer, uh, as a graphic designer, you're working with companies and people that aren't used to working with you with your type of profession. Like, you know, sometimes a company needs a logo, they only need one. They've never worked with a graphic designer. And so it's your job in that situation to let them borrow a tie. It's your job to teach them how to approach this in the proper manner. And so one thing that you can do, if you feel like you're really stuck, um, there's there's tiers, there's levels that you can go here. So you can say, You know, usually when we approach this type of work, we start getting into discussions about usage. So you start explaining industry terminology and kind of going there and and even in an email or even over the phone say, here's kind of the the way this works. This is the rationale and, and be clear. Use the proper terminology so that they know that you mean business. If you don't feel like that's effective or you feel like you need backup, uh, you can even go as far as, you know, like when I've gotten to issues about pricing uh, and, the, and the client or, or the person I'm working with doesn't seem to understand why things are the way that they are, I will refer them to an episode of my Creative Pep Talk podcast about pricing. And in that episode, it's like an hour-long explanation of the industry terms and why things are the way that they are. Now, they might not even listen to it. But even if you just come at them with an industry article or an industry uh, podcast or whatever, you have this big bulky information that says, hey, I'm right. Like they're probably going to get with the program back down and put on a tie. And that's kind of the way that I approach it and it's served me pretty well. How do you diplomatically fire a client? So this question is about how do you fire a client and do it like a human? You know, how do you do it without being terrible? How do you get through that? It can be really tough. I've done it before uh, and, you know, it was kind of difficult to navigate. And I think there's kind of two components to pulling this thing off. One is... Uh, understanding boundaries, relationship boundaries. And then the second is approaching it 
with uh, a seasonal view of your career. So the first thing is boundaries. I think when we think about relationships, we often think about them in this very broad way, like how does a good person deal with other good people? And that's what we call relationships. But in fact, someone who approaches relationships in a healthy manner, I think actually approaches them with different boundaries for different types of relationships. And so this is why, you know, mixing friends and business can be difficult because a business relationship is really, really different than a friend relationship. And when you fire a client, I think it's important to remember that this isn't a divorce, that you don't have to give all of your chips away. You don't have to disclose all the information. You don't have, you don't owe them, you know, giant amounts of paperwork and explanation in in deep soul searching like that is not the proper boundary you know this is this is something a little bit different if you had a friend that was working in your business and they were causing the business to tank you'd have to fire them as a as someone who's in an employer but when it comes to your friendship it doesn't mean you never talk to them again And so there's different boundaries for different types of relationships. And I think when it comes to a client relationship, it's important to remember that you don't owe them all of the information. You don't have to give them a giant explanation. You don't have to overshare. You don't have to to meet them in that place. Now, beyond that, here's another way of looking at it. And it comes from a writer uh, and speaker named Rob Bell. And it's the idea of seeing your life and your career in seasons. And it's a different way than seeing things as right or wrong. And so he says that, you know, there's a, there's a reason for a season. And so it's not wrong to wear diapers, okay? It's not wrong to wear diapers for a one-year-old. Right? And obviously, there are plenty of occasions. There's all kinds of situations where diapers are appropriate, in fact. But there's, there's also a time in your life where it was time to learn how to use the bathroom, get rid of the diapers. It didn't mean that when you were wearing the diapers that you were wrong. It didn't mean that. It just means that that season has ended. And I think approaching this relationship ending with that point of view is a good way of going into the conversation. You're not telling the client, you don't have to tell the client, you're bad, you're wrong, I hate you, get lost. You can say, for the direction that I see my business going, where I see my freelance career going next, or the season that I'm in now, this is no longer working for me. And there was a season, there was a time where it did, because that's why you said yes to this relationship, or at least you thought you were going that direction. And so I think approaching it it with that point of view and approaching that conversation or email or whatever it might be with the idea of this is a business boundary and I have my rights in terms of what I have to share and what I don't. And I also can approach this with, I'm not condemning them, I'm just saying that They're no longer a good fit for the direction that I'm heading next. And I think if you approach that conversation with those points of view, that it'll end up going pretty well.
All right, that concludes another episode of the Ask a Freelancer podcast. This was fantastic. I'm loving it. We're five shows in and it just keeps getting better. Don't forget to go check out Cushion at cushionapp.com. You can find my illustration and my other podcast at andyj.pizza. Thanks to Nate Utesh and his band Metavari for all the sweet tunes. Go check their stuff at soundcloud.com slash Metavari. Don't forget to send in your freelancing questions at Cushion App on Twitter. I will speak to you all very soon.